2: Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt yeah, and give everybody. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna give everybody a little, a little inside, uh, yeah, a little yeah. inside chase instead of just saying, "Hey, Neil, you turn turn the light on if you get a chance." He snaps and points and sometimes he'll just say well light.
2: that was less that was that, that was less invasive than going hey Neil we forgot to turn the light on so I'll just tell you hey go turn the light on as we're getting going this morning. I, I I did snap at him though. It was probably kind of rude on video, but it was it was off to the side. It was off to the right. It was out of camera. Um it's it, it is our it is our podcast equivalent from when that 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 infamous moment with the uh the Tupelo meteorologist when he started snapping at the other guy during the tornado here. Uh, it's like here spot. Too. Spot. Get light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Ross Dellinger joining us today. Jeffrey Wright on the line now. We'll uh, get to him in one second. But as we tell you every single day, the podcast brought to you in part by the Oxford Exxon critical Company, Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West. Use the SpeedPass Plus app. You don't have to touch much. You can pay right there on the app. You can take care of things that way. And you go next door and uh, see the Oxford Crystal. Use the drive-through for uh, that. And you can also put your uh, name in the fishbowl at each critical location or what a combo location of Crystal and on april 27th they're going to pick out one from each location get free uh crystal for a year that way and again from the clark ford studio
1: we are clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900 call that number ask for my friend Corey. tell Corey what ford product you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours it's that simple it's right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle and uh the rest is up to you you're going to get your quote you can shop it around if you'd like or you can do what i've done what I think you will end up doing too and that's hopping into a Clark Ford you'll love the product you'll love the service after the sale they just take great care of you they really do Corey wants to be a car guy he wants to be a truck guy he'll prove it to you uh when you call the number 662-257-1900 Jeffrey Wright Ross Dellinger and all other guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline when this is all said and done and we're over and we get back to whatever normal looks like on the other side of this remember Rafters and the people there at Rafters Music and Food be a great place to uh, gather have a few uh, have a few pops enjoy uh, Sunday bluegrass brunch as well rafters music and food on the square in Oxford
2: Jeffrey good uh, good morning I-, I know you guys were in different rooms and that's the way they're kind of handling this from your uh, your standpoint does it help you a little bit just to get out of the house though I've noticed that even just coming here for the podcast there's a certain nice thing and a little routine of just moving away from my residence at some point in the day
0: uh, yeah there's there's an element of that Uh I don't know about you, but for me, it's been. Of course, I. I guess now y'all, y'all are just kind of getting there where your friends are going to start working from home. Your friends that are like used to going to an office mm-hmm. and and whatnot. I mean, I, I. I guess you know everyone that's you know works at the university has been been here for a while. I'll tell you what's been a fascinating case study: uh, people that have never worked from home. I think working from home is one of those ideas that is way better in your head than it is in practice and you realize like oh there is a human need to go to an office or there is some type of need for a separation between home and work like you always hear work-life balance as a buzzword but you do realize like there is kind of a there's a there is a a wiring desire for something along those lines and you know i mean i did it for a Long time with living with y'all or, you know, living down there with y'all. And like, I just remember at certain points, like I would just go to that media workroom at Ole Miss just to like, get out of the house. Like he, it is, it is a interesting case study to look at how everyone's handling it.
2: Yeah, working from home, especially if you have multiple people in the home, is is a whole different thing than you've got in your head of "Hey, I can just stay in my sweats all day." You know what I mean? I mean, you've got to manage that thing, or you'll you'll, you'll drive yourself kind of crazy. There's a there's a huge thing in that. So, like I, I do
0: understand if you are the type of person that just doesn't like want to wear work clothes at home. Like I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to scoff at you. I do think that you'll find if you start treating like try to keep as much of your routine as possible, put on work clothes, like take keep your morning routine as much as possible, because if you do the whole like, oh, I just want to wear my sweats and whatnot, like you will not be productive. Like you're just going to like it's just part of it. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely an adjustment. And I I completely understand everyone that feels as if you know they're starting to go crazy by just,
1: just from this aspect. Yeah, I think people like us have an advantage because this is not the the. Whole, I mean, I miss going to the gym. Other than that, my routine's basically the same. I mean, I'm just now having to find different ways to work out here as opposed to going to the gym on the days that I would go to the gym. So, uh, other than that, there's not a lot of change really. But it, you're right. I mean, the key thing working at home is like, for me, it's it. It's don't turn the TV on, don't don't lose track and get into a show. Just do your work, get your stuff done, get your exercise, do your work. At the end of the day, kind of that's that's been the key thing for me. Like, there's a TV in here; it's it's never on.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's another pretty good piece of advice because you can kind of convince yourself like oh, well, it's just background noise and whatnot. And there are, I, I openly admit, there are plenty of people that can just flip the TV on and, and and that not affect them from a productivity standpoint. But for me, you know, I'm ADHD to the absolute max. Like, it it was always just a distraction. The only options I really had was, okay, I could t- turn news on, or I could turn on like ESPN news, if you will, Where it's just like something that's essentially the same thing over and over again and there's a ticker and you just use it essentially as a a news feed. But, you know, once for guys like us that just live on on Twitter as their news feed, you know, I I found that if I turn the TV off, it was definitely going to be more beneficial.
2: Yeah, I don't mind background noise. It doesn't bother me at all. But it has to be either a show that I've seen so many times I don't care about or you just turn on some random golf tournament or something that I'm not really watching. You know what I mean? Like I can kind of just leave the golf channel on in the background all day and I'm not I'm not paying attention. I don't care. But it does throw something up in my background that, that seems to help me out a little bit for whatever reason.
0: So, yeah, and I'm sure there's a bit, you know, it's like art on, a, on the wall. Like it it does allow you in those moments of, of pleading for your own sanity with yourself. look up and see something different so i mean i i do think there's some value but you know even like for me a guy who's seen every episode of south park numerous times even if like you know now they have south park marathons on it's like basically comedy central's programming right now is just showing every rerun they can of south park or the office and i if i turn that on like I, i i don't i would even the fact that i've seen you know both those shows such a High number of times, I, I'll just find myself like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna turn my brain off and, and try to laugh. And then you look up, it's like, oh god, it's two thirty.
2: Are you out on Ozark? Was that one of your shows?
0: So uh, I'm not like against Ozark. It's just I've never started it. And my problem now with Netflix and other streaming services is there's too much content. I feel like I spend more time on Netflix, HBO Go, Showtime, whatever, you know, all the all the options that I have. I feel like I spend more time looking for something to watch than actually just like starting something and going and then I wind up just watching Sherlock for the 8000th time.
1: I started Ozark years ago, a couple years ago. I liked it fine. It was fine. I'll probably end up picking it back up because why not? but like i, I, I never cons- i never just fell in is- love with it
0: i'm also kind of done on the whole uh you know drug cartel thing like yeah i, I, I don't know like it's yeah. it's just not all that fascinating to me anymore
1: i'm 5 episodes into tiger king now got 2 to go it's good i have
2: zero- watch that yeah I, I watched I tried to watch a couple episodes and just stopped and said I, I get it's dumb I get it's crazy I get that it's so far out there and it's whatever but it, it just it, it was maybe it's my mood it was nothing that appealed to me whatsoever I, and I know I'm in the minority but
1: I am I like it fine it's good it, it's the people that are like I watched it a third time I'm like well, I don't know how in the world you could watch it a third time I've one time will be plenty um I like Shits Creek it's- that's the one that I Laura doesn't like it's so I watch it by myself I like it and then we're watching the 100 Little Fires or whatever it's called with Reese Witherspoon. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's a solid – and it's, we're caught up with it where it's once a week. So it's fine.
0: The thing with Tiger King for me, like I understand my choosing not to watch it has no impact on the world. has no impact on the relative success of a show. At the end of the day, you know you've got to be a man of integrity, a man that looks yeah. himself in the mirror and is relatively comfortable with yeah. with who and what he is as a human being and what he uh, what he stands for, right. I don't want to dignify giving those people attention, respect, like you know what I mean like I, 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 it's also one of the it's one of the one positive things, even though I think it is driving my fiance insane. the fact that we don't live together, it allows her her time. She wanted to watch Tiger King. I had no desire to watch Tiger King. So instead of you know having to have that fight on the couch about you know what are we going to watch and you know uh, and then it winds up you know basically no one's happy. Uh, she's gotten to watch all that stuff on her own. But I, I just I I don't know. Like I, I those those are not the people that I would like to have occupying any amount of brain space
1: it did lead to a great moment in americana yesterday oj simpson accused yeah. carol whatever her name is of killing her former husband I mean, well, I mean, he, he's probably right he, takes one to know one if if there's an
2: expert on the subject I I don't don't
1: know (laughs) if there's anyone in the world more tone deaf than OJ Simpson or just I don't think it's even tone deaf you think it's DGAF
2: yeah I think he just he's 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 a character now and that's all this is
1: man
0: okay speaking of being able to look yourself in the mirror and be comfortable uh I I find myself I'm addicted to OJ's Twitter feed (laughs)
1: It it can be real also, to read the to read the responses to his stuff. You can go. You can get, spend hours.
0: Oh, no, no 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 no. This is this is way worse. If I were, I would love. I would. I wish it were some type of you know glorified inside joke where I just went and scrolled immediately to the Twitter feed where like you go and read a comment section on a website or something. No no no. I I want OJ's analysis. Like I can't. I can't help myself. Have y'all listened to him on the NFL? I mean, listen, I get it as a network, you can't hire him, you can't
1: put him in the booth, but no, he knows the game.
0: I, I don't like he does this thing where he's like making insanely good sense, and I'm yeah. like, God, I don't want to be here as a human being.
1: Yeah.
2: <sighs> what, what kind of person do you think he plays golf with every day? Because he's on the golf course every day. Who, who's in that foursome? Ass kissers. Scared one. Do what now, Jeffrey?
0: I said, "Scared people." I mean, what are you going to? If OJ asked you to play golf,
1: are you going to say no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I would. Per- I would absolutely say no.
0: No, no, no. In person.
1: Yeah, I would just say no. I'm. I'm good. Absolutely, I would, I, mean, I, would, I would have no problem telling OJ Simpson no.
0: I would try to make every excuse in the book, but at a certain point, there is a level of fear of. You know, I've I've seen those pictures, man, and I, and I get it, like uh, you know uh, you know, I'm not with Nicole, but eh. you
2: think it's the same seven, eight dudes, or you think he's got like a circle of forty that are more than happy to go out there and do it? Well, he lives in Vegas now too, right? Yeah.
0: So when you talk about like a town of soulless leeches, Vegas has gotta be
2: in our top five, right? Like
1: only, I've that, only been there like, one time, but yeah, I would I would think that's probably true. are we talking about
2: Vegas, or are we talking about like people that just live out in Henderson?
1: He, I'm talking was, about the people he lives that's pretty that's, close to the city, but I would, I would think there are people that come into Vegas and the thought of, hey, I get to hang out with OJ for a day. I mean, that's a pretty good conversation starter when you get back to California.
0: I mean, that's, you know, a golf course is a relatively safe environment, and you got the story of man. I played golf with
1: Juice. Yeah, and lived. That's what I mean. It's a you, that that's a photo that there's a status symbol to this a not, little bit. Not, not, not really that status symbol. It's but, just it's a really good conversation it's piece. Boring. It's 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 like let's say there's a president that you completely disagree with, but you have an opportunity to have your photo taken with that president. You absolutely do it because we're comparing OJ to a president. I don't know how far no, 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 away but, we are these days, but you know what I mean. Um, I, th- I think we could no, go back I, and trace like, some presidents back, and we could accuse them of being killers. <laughs> whoa, whoa, well, whoa, whoa, there's, whoa, whoa, There's people dying today. I do love that. I
0: want. I want him tried for murder. I want him tried for murder. Oh uh, yes.
2: Hey. Come on. Uh, uh, this is a good question how far i mean we've had a pretty had a pretty hot week we might have a pretty hot next week i got some leads here sammy in the live stream says get oj on the pod he'd do it but we have no chance of getting oj on the pod how far down removed will we have to do to get someone connected to oj on the pod how far do we have to go
1: i don't know now might be the time to try
2: i mean could we get like a mike gilbert or somebody on the show probably maybe what else are they doing Jeffrey, you book people I, opinion here.
0: I see, I don't even what what is OJ's inner circle now?
2: Well, I don't think it's just current. I think you're just trying to grab somebody from that deck from that five year period.
1: He's got an attorney that there in Vegas who really protects him. We could get Cato Kalen on and get him to talk about the Brewers. Big Kato baseball fan. Talk, yeah,
0: it, Big baseball well, Kato, fan. Cato appears will do just about any radio show. Now he
1: might want money for it. And, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. That
0: was my that was my thing. I was like, I think that guy's getting appearance fees, which hey, all the power to him. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't really know. I mean I, I I don't know how close you could get.
1: Yeah, that's a good it's a good question for the next yeah. week or two. I'll I'll reach out to Cato. I've reached out to some major league baseball players about coming on, guys who would normally never even answer and a couple of them have actually answered they're bored
0: oh yeah this is i will say this this is the easiest booking time in terms of just getting getting guys and you know especially when you consider this was going to be final four week
1: oh that's right yeah tomorrow mm-hmm. I, we had a uh, a subscriber had been kind enough to give uh, us tickets to grizzlies mavericks which was going to be played tomorrow night, basically courtside. Carson was so excited. But alas. I
0: mean, we'd be in the thick of a heck of a playoff race right now for the eighth seed.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you start kind of – if see, if I let myself go there, I kind of get a little melancholy. Like, man, this would have been really fun. Like, this would be the second full week of the baseball season and – um, oh, this is this is this is about as good of a point on the calendar
0: as you get. Uh, Baseball—you're still excited to watch baseball. Uh, you've got Final Four. The Masters would have been next weekend. Of course, you've got Mania this weekend—the showcase of the Immortals. Uh, this is—I guess we still have Mania. Uh, hey, Vince McMahon. Then, now, forever. Whenever you need him, baby. Uh, but someone posed this question to me yesterday and I didn't have a great answer. What do we miss the most about sports? And the best answer I could, I come up with is, and it, it you know, for all the gambling jokes, it's not that I miss the, the unpredictability of sports of, you know, you go in, you think you know what's going to happen. And then you watch a game play out. And I miss that real-time drama of how is this going to play out.
1: I know what I miss about it. I miss two things. One is just the background of it. And two, and I realized this yesterday, I miss how excited Carson would get about, hey, this game tonight, this Clippers-Mavericks, how do you think PG is going to do against Doncic? I, I got to sort of with him, I got to kind of be a kid again a little bit. And you know because now, you know we've seen the way the sausage is made, you know I've covered I've covered pro sports too, and obviously I've seen the the absolute sausage factory that is college sports. we you know I mean I, look I make a living on it. I need it to come back, but do I quote miss it? End quote. Nah, not really. But the excitement that he gets on, hey, you know, because uh, he's he's at that point where yeah he likes the Cubs and he likes the Thunder. But he likes all the teams. And so if there's some hot rookie pitcher for the Twins or something, if he's pitching that day, Carson's kind of dialed in, you know, and I kind of miss, I miss that. Took a
2: break in our talk with Jeffrey to tell you about in-house interior and design. 662-681-6241 is the phone number. You can call it. You can text it. You can talk about ideas, talk about when some different things can get accomplished. They offer great discounts on dorm room assignments, which we hope happen in the uh, in the fall, as well as new client gifts, uh, big discounts on major renovations. They have contractor crews available whenever this time comes to uh, get that done. So, again, give them a call. Give them a text. They'll get back with you. That's Nikki and Ashley with tons of experience. 662 681
1: We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, that's the place to go. Just off Interstate 55 in Grenada, Mississippi, they've been with us for a long time, supported us for a long time. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan USA is the starting point for you. Speaking of people who've been with us for a long time, we're brought to you by Oxford University Bank, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community They have a commercial checking account now paying 1% interest as long as you keep $10,000 in the account. comes with fully interactive online banking, which is important because they can set up any local business to deposit checks from their office and not have to worry with coming to the bank daily to deposit those checks. That means more now than it ever did before. To learn more about OUB, check out LiveOxfordBankOxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC Insured and we're brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844.
0: I would be lying if I said I didn't miss the NCAA tournament, but it's kind of in that same mold. I mean, the one thing... When we when we were like spin zoning, the good things about not having, the good things about not having, the NCAA tournament. My number one thing is I don't have to read all those blowhards that spend, you know, fifty nine weeks of the year ripping the NCAA and how you know how corrupt it is and all this and these three weeks this event this tournament. God, this is great. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It's like I at least got three weeks of not having to like sit there and put myself through that.
1: Yeah, I won't miss those tweets from the no. those those guys. Hey, speaking of, uh, I think you're ahead of it a little bit. I don't know that Chase has watched it at all. I know I haven't, but we've been requested to, and we've said we would. This, this NC, the, uh, F, the HBO thing on the NCAA, FBI thing, I think you've watched some of it, right? I've watched all of it. The scheme. The scheme. Have you yeah. watched it? No, at all? I, I read.
2: I read. Was it Gilbo's column yesterday? That's the only thing I've done to this point. Okay. I've not. I haven't seen even.
1: It I haven't country. even read that. You were. You walked away fairly disappointed. Is that right, Jeffrey? Disappointed's probably a stretch. I left. I left trying to
0: figure out. Did I find it? Did I find it to be a fart in church? Because. I understood and knew coming in how players wind up in certain places, and so because because I I knew I knew how the game worked. Like I was wondering, it's like okay, is that maybe the most interesting thing? And so if you know how it works, it's like you're gonna you're just missing on a big yeah. element. Yeah. I thought about it, it's like, no, nah, there's been plenty of movies I've watched where I know the book and I know the plot and and. Even if I know where it's going, I'm still locked in and, and want to see it. I think the problem was it was so one sided because for obvious reasons. The FBI was obviously not going to agree to, you know, interviews or their side of the story, and neither were the coaches or anyone on the other side of it. So it just comes off being the story according to Christian Dawkins. And I just I'm whether it be Uh, The season, whether it be, uh, you know, I forgot what Cal Perry's, uh, what Cal Perry's like inside look was or, you know, the harder way when something's clearly, you know, propaganda, for a lack of a better word. I'm just not all that interested. And Christian Dawkins, I don't think he's I didn't think he was a liar. I really didn't, and but I did not find him. I found him to be closer to a con man than a victim.
1: So I, I have heard, I guess, the minute and a half, two minutes clips of, of Will Wade, I guess, talking to Dawkins and, and Wade clearly talking about buying players and, and stuff like that. Do you think any of that sticks? Does the NCAA, are they going to be able to turn? Most coaches that I talked to think Will Wade's going to pay for it. He's going to be the next guy that really pays. That's coaches who, frankly, don't give a damn, who don't compete against him and don't really care. They just think he's going to get hammered. When you heard that, do you, do you agree?
0: I do not think what we heard on tape is going to be the smoking gun, if you will. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the loner car or the, the couch visit that the that the ncaa is looking for i do think though it could be the draft night and that's the that's the motivation of going to get him because it embarrasses them but i think the ncaa has their out on this christian dawkins is a convicted felon in two different trials Uh, he ends the, he ends the spoiler alert. He ends the documentary by saying F the NCAA so they can just go, well, this is a clearly an agenda driven, this is an agenda driven guy. And you know, how can you trust his word? And I mean, there's no other, anyone with anyone with a brain that listens to what Sean Miller and will Wade said to me, I do not even understand how you could, well, will Wade doesn't even like beat around the bush. Will Wade's the guy that like bragged. Yeah, like, he was bragging about what he was doing. Yeah, his, his wiretap, and that's the other thing. We didn't really learn anything. This is uh, this. These were the wiretaps of what was reported. Uh, you know, whenever Will Wade got and Shaw Miller got suspended. Yeah, go- Will Wade's <clears throat> wiretap, uh, sounds worse than it read, and it read terribly.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Gilbo's uh, Twitter yesterday, this was fifteen hours ago as of now. The story with well, a tagline of it is the longer Will Wade remains at LSU, the more of an embarrassment LSU remains. And then his copy at the top of the tweet, Will Wade is so clearly guilty, it's effing funny column colon.
0: No, no, no. Really effing funny. Yeah. Like he dub- like he's like, No, no, no. You don't understand, like this was a this is a strong ass offer. No, this was an effing strong-ass offer. Like, he got yeah. cuts him off. Like brat. It's like... Yeah. yeah. It is nice like you. I don't, like I, you get, I, I don't know Will Wade, how... You look at Will Wade and you go, that guy's a cheese dick. And it is nice to know. It's like, yeah, I'm going to keep on judging because I, I'm batting 1,000.
1: Everything I hear from people who should be dialed into it is that they're only keeping him around right now to prevent buyout language from kicking in they're waiting i think lsu frankly is waiting for the ncaa to hammer will wade so that they don't have to pay will wade it wouldn't surprise me if there's an offering you know especially if you can do it where he takes the heat and your program doesn't get hit that hard and they don't ever look in more in football? Yeah, and they leave it alone. Hey, here's the fall. Here's, here's LSU's big punishment, and football gets clear skating. I will say on the football thing, as much as people ridicule it, I've never, you know me, I've, y'all have known me a while. I'm not one to defend the NCAA investigative arm. I don't think they can go back as far back as they'd have to go from a statute of limitations standpoint to do anything about the Our Lady of the Lake deal. I know the stories are recent, but the actual payments. Yeah, it's like 2013, isn't it? Yeah, and some of the players that got paid played before then. Now, were they still making payments? They probably were, but they haven't been able to prove that. The part that got proven in court, I think, exceeds the statute of limitations.
2: I
0: think, I actually, this was the most interesting aspect of the documentary and I wanted to I wanted to get the clip and send it to Gabe and to Jay. Christian Dawkins had the line This is you know, this is just college basketball. What do you think college football
1: is like? Just as bad? Just different. Just different. Different yeah. different no,
0: it's it's more wide scale. There's more money involved.
1: Yeah, that was, I said that on the message board today. Every Power Five program, with no exception, cheats in football because if you don't, you can't even compete. Now there are levels of cheating. So they
0: they use, they use the Tarcanian line to open like it, it was the the as like a title slide, if you will, or a, a title shot. Uh, Nine out of 10 coaches cheat. The other one's in last
1: place. Well, I mean, it's, it's really kind of a matter of the ones that quote don't, it's because they don't have the resources to do it. We used to say this about freeze and, and, and Ole Miss. I used to, I mean, it was kind of my defense of not really a freeze, but when people would talk about the Ole Miss thing, I would say, man, if they bought everyone that they tried to buy, it'd have been a completely different program. Why didn't they get you know shit? Peyton Barber, Carl Lawson, uh, the Daniels kid at Indiana that ended up at Auburn. Um, and I'm not just naming Auburn guys for a minute. Shaheem Carter, uh, Nigel Morgan. Yeah, a bunch, a bunch uh, of those guys. Well, well, Morgan actually, his deal was a little bit more academic related. His his deal was more. His family was like, you need to go to Notre Dame. You're from the Midwest. You need to go to Notre Dame. But there are lots of kids in the in the deep South. The, the, the linebacker that ended up at LSU. Uh, the defensive lineman that ended up at LSU. I can't think Gavin of his name. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Gavin. why did all of those guys end up at other programs? Because Ole Miss got outbid. Did Ole Miss bid on those guys? Absolutely. freaking Get mad at me if you want, people, but they did. Ole Miss was trying to buy those guys. They, they weren't coming for free. There were a lot of those guys in that was that the thir- thir- 13 class that they were trying to get all of those guys, I mean, Hugh Freeze gets criticized for getting Laramie Tunsil. He was not trying to stop at Tunsil, man. There were a bunch of dudes they were trying to get done. The the network was rolling at that point.
0: No, people got pissed because they paid Laramie beforehand and they didn't get Laramie.
1: How the hell do you think Jeffrey Simmons didn't end up at Ole Miss? What was the name? Chris uh, plays Jones. for the Chiefs now. Chris Jones. I mean, those are bidding wars. You win some, you lose some. I said, But I used to say this about Ole Miss. I'm like, guys, if Ole Miss cheated the way that you all think they cheated, their roster would look different today. And they look at me like I had snakes coming out of my head. And I'm like, hey, what, these are legitimate media people. they just blind to it. It's like, what are you doing? Of course you're trying to buy players. And I'm not criticizing Mississippi State for buying those players. Because if you don't buy them, you can't compete. Well,
0: that's why they're forced to. They have to to compete with them cheating. They do.
1: Well, seriously. Well, everyone does. In all seriousness, Jeffrey. I mean, if if you go into a power five program, hold on. If you go into a power five program with the philosophy of we are going to, it's when Drinkwitz does. We're we're not going to do all that. Well, then, dude, you can prepare yourself for a couple of three and nines, and your ass is fired in two years because it won't work that way.
0: No, I, I the idea of of one school cheats to get a kid and yours doesn't is so logically infallible. Yes, I, it's it, one it's of two
1: crazy. myths. The other myth is that the NCAA doesn't want to bust Alabama and LSU and Georgia. Those people at the NCAA and those investigative arms, those would be the scalps that they would. To their wall and say, Look at me, I'm number one. They can't get them because the networks are too layered. They can't find it. Yes. And
0: then the schools that get caught are the sloppy and the ones that
1: don't have as many resources and they're not as good at layering it. And it gets caught. I mean, like the Ole Miss case was easy for the NCAA on so many levels. It was easy.
0: I would even say it's y- layering. Obviously, is a huge part of it, and having having more people helps if you can control them. The problem that I've always seen with Ole Miss is it's not the operation itself. It's the operation includes people that want you to know
1: they're in the operation. Absolutely, they talk way too much. There are people that are involved at the top of it that just won't stop talking. Now, I will admit, as someone who used to cover recruiting, that was kind of nice. <laughs> sure. But, you know, I can tell you from covering Alabama that the, 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 the people yep. in the network keep quiet. Or else you lose your spot in the network. Who
0: was it? Who was uh? Was it one of the mobile car dealers? Who was it that Saban put his head on a spike? Essentially, yeah. That
1: was one of my all-time favorites. Just today, this, this, this is what happens.
2: I know you guys got a couple minutes, Jeffrey. I think we're going to do it today, but tomorrow we're going to talk about some of the last ten years of football games that are stuck in our memory. What's two, three, four for you? Just you didn't have to cover them. Just in general, last decade college football. What games stick out?
0: All of college football or, or almost whatever.
1: Uh, all goal. of it. All of it.
0: All of college football. Uh, Deshaun Watson, that, t- the championship game in Tampa. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that was a big one. Um, Urban Meyer getting spanked by Clemson, 38's nothing. He was eating the, I think it was a, I think it was a Papa John's yeah, personal pan. Yeah, the pizza pant- photo. Oh, is that game. where the
1: pizza photo comes from?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. okay. The fiesta, in the bowels of the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, yeah. Georgia, Georgia's, you know, Tua Tonga coming off the bench and beating Georgia.
1: Yeah, it was a big game.
0: Uh, then, uh, uh, numb nuts Kirby calling the fake punt, uh, in the SEC title game. That one stands out. Um, I mean, the truth is, you can basically just go and look at, games that determined the sec and then go kind of look at the playoff games the georgia uh oklahoma bakers uh that that game that was
1: one that stuck out to me as a really entertaining game that i still remember that i was absolutely dialed into because i'm probably less of a college football viewer than the two of you and that was a game that drew me in and kept me the setting helped in that one too. It was yeah, the Rose it was perfect. Bowl. It was perfect weather, the Rose Bowl, all that stuff. Yeah, and then it was a back and forth, it, it, game of runs. Like, you yeah. know
0: Oklahoma jumps out, then Georgia answers. Like, it was just a, it was a, you know, it was just a, a fantastic.
1: It, 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 it was felt like an off. NBA game seven that was really yeah. competitive, played in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was. It was not a lot you know, of defense, you, lots of scoring, and and it was. It was, it was really fantastic, and when it was over, you were kind of drained. I remember when it ended, I couldn't decide whether I was more sad that the game was over or that I felt bad for the OU kids. The game was so competitive that you have that moment when you're neutral in the fourth quarter of a game. You go, God, man, someone's got to lose this, and that sucks.
0: Well, for all the Lincoln Riley's a genius, uh, he – he pulled a Justin Herbert there. He turtled his ass off. I mean, he just, that head, that head came out of the shell and he just popped it right back in. He was just, he, he had a horrific last quarter and then a
1: horrific last. Now I do think total opposite of what, of what Ed Orgeron did this year all year long where they never did that. They never had that moment. They just kept going.
0: Now Kirby did it the next week, but uh, I give, I give Kirby credit when they got into the, you know, their game plan wasn't working, and he basically, I guess, and I guess it's when you're playing Oklahoma and you know how they can score, you, you just say, okay, uh, let's let this game get drunk. Um, I know the stakes weren't significant. Last year's Alabama-Auburn was a hell of a football game. In terms of just watching a football yeah. game and not really caring one way or the other, That was that was as entertaining uh,
1: of a football game as I've watched in a long time. In fairness to that rivalry, it delivers more often than not, especially on the years when it's at Jordan Hare. It almost always delivers. I mean, it, it it lives up to the hype quite a bit.
0: I completely agree. I mean, you know, what are some other? Oh, the uh, uh, the Florida LSU. Remember when they were fighting over the hurricane and where to play that game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that game stands out, and LSU got stuffed,
1: at like the one. Um, i tell you one that stood out to me was the loser leaves town game, LSU-Auburn, Yeah, where Les Miles couldn't get it done and gets fired the next day. If you go back, and, and this is the benefit of hindsight, but I remember being glued to that game because you knew whoever lost was in bad trouble. And the, they were both trying to lose. It's, it looked like, and you go back and look at how things would have been different across the board if you just changed the outcome of that one game. Was that was the same
0: weekend of Georgia Ole Miss, right? When Ole Miss, when Kelly, you know, that does sound like right. Yeah, I'd have
1: to look. Yeah, it, I, I, I can't, I can't answer that with any authority.
0: I, the only reason why I say that is the that game was at 11 or whatever you know that was the sec network early game yeah and then i think auburn lsu game was later and i remember being able to watch most of that who you
2: uh who you got on today uh hell if i know
1: (laughs) (laughs) what kind of pushback or did y'all get any pushback on the the doctor yesterday or is really we didn't um
0: you know I'd say we're probably about two and a half three you'll find the first week there's like shock and like the is it really going to be like this then people go stir crazy for a week uh and then the next week you get a lot of pushback and then this week what I'm noticing is there's a lot of acceptance yeah but it's definitely been an it's it's been an interesting I will say this. Had we had that doctor on last Wednesday instead of yesterday, I think the reaction would have been completely different. And that's only seven days.
2: What's the uh, what's the 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 website if people like to find that since they don't know what we're talking about?
0: Uh, you can uh, just search the Jeff Calkin show on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast uh, forum you want. It was hour one of yesterday. The doctor's name is Dr. John McCullers you can also go to our website which used to be 929 espncom uh, .com i think that still technically sends you there but now it's like 929
2: espnradiocom mm-hmm. i believe and it starts uh, at about the 645 mark something like that 650
0: yeah and uh, if you want to if if you don't if you're not a podcast person and you just want to listen all you have to do is go to yeah i, well, I can actually remember that ESPN.com. That'll send you to the website. There is a link at the top banner. It says podcast. You click that podcast link. It'll send you to a list of shows. Scroll down to the bottom and you see the Jeff Calkins show and then click on the Jeff Calkins show. And then it's yesterday's hour one. And you can just uh, click on that and it'll play it uh, right there on your computer, whatever, whatever device you are on. And. I can't recommend it enough because for uh, I'm I think I think my feeling on sports is well documented. Not every doctor hates sports, guys, and gals. It's just kind of the reality of it. Yeah, appreciate it, bud.
2: We'll talk to you again. All right, guys. Have right. a good one. Jeffrey Wright there joining us on the rafters music and food hotline. We're gonna to go to Ross Dellinger. That's a pre-recorded interview uh, here in a minute. Before we do I'll tell you about Special Orthopedic Group. The big thing to know with them right now is that they are open the Tupelo and the Oxford locations. You can skip the ER for urgent ortho-related injuries at both those places. They're offering virtual health telemedicine. I gave me an example of that. Patients have direct access to all SOG physicians and nurse practitioners. Patients have 24-hour access to appointments at 662-767-4200 or SOG ms.com no referral is needed and walk-ins are welcome again 662-767-4200 is ed orshron really getting a divorce yeah that's correct i'll read the story to you in a minute when we oh done. wow i had no idea it was not an april fool's joke even though it came out yesterday
1: i did not know that yeah, yeah yeah yesterday was a weird day for me i i was on the phone a lot i i did some i had some accounting stuff i had to do i had to get it done and I spent most of the afternoon trying to kind of catch up, and I had promised Carson that I'd play him in a game of one-on-one. And so I had that, and he showed up in time to play, and I knew that meant, hey, we're going to go play. And then I, I just lost track of the day. I did, I did not know that. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, the- <laughs> Sorry. This uh, podcast is also brought to you by Dead Soxy. It's a uh, incredibly strange time. Millions all over the world have been impacted by these unusual events, and the Dead Soxie team hasn't been immune to the situation. Like the rest of the world, they're faced with some tough choices, and what they're doing instead of cutting uh, jobs is they're trying to think about things a little differently. They want to keep their team intact, paid, and employed, and they need your help to make it happen. In the spirit of people helping people, they've decided to run a first-of-its-kind support sale. They have slashed their prices on their uh, fantastic product, $6, $9, $11 a pair. If you haven't tried Dead Soxy, now would be a great time. Go on, get some of the $6 uh, socks. You can, uh, you'll can, you enjoy it. You'll love them. You'll absolutely love them, and uh, you'll help them in the process. $6 for a You, you, you can't find those at the department store. Uh, for that price, So they'd rather you get their socks discounted so they can keep paying their team than worry about margins at times like this. Deadsoxy.com. By the way, Zach Barry and I will be taping a uh, soft verbal podcast presented by Dead Soxy a little bit later in uh, the day. This podcast is also brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild's a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild is one foot thick giving you comfort and support that will last. A lot of online brands sell an 8- or 10-inch mattress with less support and durability, but not uh, Nest and Wild. From uh, the Twin Size to the California King, they're all one foot thick, 100% American made, and uh, it's a great deal. I'll tell you about a, uh, a a promo code in a minute. First, know this, it's a no-risk decision. Nest and Wild believes in their product so much they're offering a 99-night trial on every mattress, so try it out, sleep on it for 99 nights, and if you don't like it, it's cool. You can return it nestandwild.com enter the promo code rebel20 that's rebel20 get 20 percent off your purchase your uh, mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days
2: Podcast is brought to you by VisitOxford. VisitOxfordMS.com is the, uh, is the website. You can go there to see ways to uh, help out people in the hospitality industry right now. They're doing some things, including uh, Tip Roulette, which they've signed on with a website that allows consumers to virtually tip local bartenders, service hostesses, and similar workers. The uh, thing started in Chattanooga, and it's got more than 55,000 donations to this point uh, nationwide. So you can click on the Oxford Mississippi page at serviceindustry.tips with the opportunity to a tip a local hospitality worker with a name and place of employment with the Venmo cash app and uh, and more so take advantage of that they've also partnered with the United Way you can find out more about that again visit OxfordMS.com we're going to go now to uh, Ross Dellinger again this is pre-recorded so if you're in our live chat just uh, just hang in be right back and we'll have some other topics for you and if you're on the podcast Ross in one second
1: Ross Dellinger kind enough to spend some time with us here on the podcast uh, Ross good morning how are you
3: good Neil, how are you doing
1: I'm good um I guess I'm good. I don't know. We kind of we're all talking about the same things. It's a topic that you've you've touched on some. I saw Brett McMurphy touch on it a little bit earlier in the week, and that is we've gone from people asking about, hey man, is there going to be spring football? The answer to that is no. There's not going to be spring football. The the, the 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 question's now gone to what about fall football? And I know that's something that you've got a, a myriad of contacts. You've talked to a lot of people. What's the General consensus here on the first of April about what we're looking at from a uh, the the scenarios for the fall.
3: Well, you know, athletic directors will tell you um, that there's just so many unknowns that uh, uh, they they hate to jump to conclusions. But um, at the same time, <laughs> many of them will also tell you that they've got uh, they've created uh, contingency uh, plans and, and have. Um, have assigned to their assistant ADs um, or a group of assistant ADs um, uh, basically a a task of creating a contingency plan on if you don't have or don't have all of football revenue uh, because of a season being potentially cut short or not being played at all or not being played in front of fans. Um, So they are thinking about it at least, you know. But it is is still early. Um, I saw what Larry Scott said that uh, uh, by the end of May, that a decision would have to be probably made on um, on a football season in, in the in the football postseason. That that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine though they wouldn't even stretch it that far. I would I would think over the next four to six weeks that that um, you know we would we would know something about about the twenty twenty season.
1: I talked to an AD yesterday. I don't know that he wanted to be quoted, so I'll be careful here. I, it was, it was for anybody wondering, it was not Keith Carter at Ole Miss. It was just an AD out there that I've, I've known for a long time. I've been doing this for a while, too. And uh, he said, you know, here's the thing. For us to start on time, hypothetically, we really need to be having some form of... Organized team activity. I don't think he necessarily meant an NFL-style OTA. He just used the words organized team activity by June 1st. He said it doesn't mean practice necessarily, but it means getting together and and, and getting organized by June 1st. Because he said, you know, realistically, you, you got to ramp it up. Um, he's just taking taking COVID out of it for a minute. You, you have to. Guys haven't been in, in an off-season program. They, you don't know what kind of shape they're in. They're coming in from all over the country. You don't know you know what they've been exposed to, what they haven't. There, there's an evaluation period. Then there's a ramp-up period because it's hot as hell in this part of the country in, in July and that kind of thing. So when you talk to people, do you hear a similar sentiment about if we're going to get started, we've got to get started by X date?
3: Yeah, sometimes um, here and there. A lot of a lot of a lot of people I talk to don't uh, don't necessarily want to put a date on it. I mean, like for instance, yesterday um, I did talk to a, a, a coordinator um, in the group of five, and, and uh, he, his date was July one. That that he said that they would need to return by July one. I saw Jimbo Fisher said uh, I think yesterday. Uh, he said a month out of the season, which would, which would be like the start of fall camp. You know, which would be like August one or something, or July, you know, twenty fifth maybe or something like that. So everybody kind of has, and you talk about that June one. You know, everybody kind of has their different dates. I, I would think the absolute latest you would get anybody, or at least. Ads, because uh, coaches like, like for instance, Jimbo might say, you know, a month out or two weeks out, let's just play. Uh, but to get actually people in power that make these decisions, I would guess the absolute latest would be like a middle of the summer, like a, a first week of Ju- July, you know, or last week of June. You would think in order to to start on time, because. You know, you, 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 um, it used to be back in the day, uh, Neil, you kind of remember fall camp was to prepare you for the season. Yeah. Um, But now the way it is, spring practice and summer workouts prepare you for fall camp and then that prepares you for the season. So you have – just because of the way football has progressed. um, And so you need some time, I think, in the summer. Uh, You can't have kids showing up after not having – you know, not being around football activities and and having a gym and having any kind of organized practices or drills or training for two or three months. You can't have them showing up like – like friends instance, Jimbo said on the first day of fall camp and going through fall you know going through two days of acclimation three days of acclimation and then you know hitting full time i mean there's going to have to be some adjustment there's going to have to be some start earlier uh, so i think the middle of the summer you know you would think is you know around the first week of july is uh, you would think is the absolute absolute um, latest and, and i think coaches are hoping that if they can start by that time they'll get a little more extra time with the players uh, maybe not full practices or OTAs but they'll get some time with the players that they wouldn't normally have in the summer you know normally coaches have own field coaches have two hours a week uh, that's it um, with a, with each player and uh, strength coaches have six hours in the summer and they're hoping get um, a little more time and maybe have some kind of sort of partial practices uh, in July uh, or training sessions of some sort to, to lead up to camp
1: how realistic is moving the season back a month is that is that something that could even be done I mean I know you you know a lot more national people than I do when people are brainstorming is that something that comes up moving it back two weeks three weeks a month
3: yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard several options. It's just I don't think I don't think any of them are um, serious in nature because I just don't think the conversations have gone that far. But but um, it's just so far out. But I, I think I think that is one option. You know, that an October start date. And I saw Brett mention that um, yesterday, uh, Brett McMurphy, and that uh, that makes it makes sense in a lot of ways you know so i've heard that i've i've heard you know eliminating non-conference games um and you know you if you're not gonna extend this the regular season through december you, you'd have to do that if you're gonna start in october obviously so heard of you know eliminate non-conference heard of eliminating you know limiting fan obviously attendance um you know it's, it's funny one one day deal i was talking to yesterday um he kind of got mad. He's like, why are we talking about this right now? It's so far out. We're not worried about it. We've got all the other stuff on my plate. Yeah. And he said his main worry was, because he was optimistic that this is so far away, it's going to, the curve's going to flatten and We're going to have football. But his main worry was, look, because of the recession, um, will people come to games can they afford to come to games can they afford to buy tickets and concession prices and pricing and parking and all that and then, stuff and then the so basic fear of,
1: of, of right of congregating in crowds where I uh, absolutely I don't, I don't know about you Ross but I'm normally not this way but I, I told the story on on earlier in the week I guess I went to Home Depot on Saturday to get something my, or maybe it was Sunday I don't remember but I mean I literally felt my throat tightening. In, inside the, the Home Depot and I realized it was psychological I was freaking myself out because I got back in my truck and as as I drove away that tightening went away and I felt better I was fine you know I mean it, it's I, I, I mean I, I've asked myself am I going to be comfortable sitting in a press box in September uh you know, without a vaccine? And and the answer is I'll do my job because, I mean, people are obviously doing much more stressful jobs than covering football games, but will it be in the back of my mind? Damn right it will. And so you do wonder with fans, will they say, hey, you know, I can watch this on TV and safely in my own living room. I don't know that I'm comfortable being around... 52,000 or 78,000 or whatever the number is of people in a stadium, especially if it's in like a dome stadium in Atlanta or Dallas or whatnot. I I think those are all issues that, that we haven't gotten to yet, but those are going to be real things.
3: Oh yeah, for sure, and, and it's funny that that AD mentioned that. Uh, absolutely, the psychological effect of this. And I think I was reading a story uh, maybe a week ago on uh, the Atlantic, and it was like this long winding story about how you know the uh, coronavirus COVID nineteen will end up being you know like the flu, and it'll be they'll have a season, and it'll come back, and just like the flu, it'll kill so many people every year, and we'll have a vaccine for it and all that, but. Um, when the flu pandemic happened in 1918, there were some after effects of it, you know, and I think there will be after effects uh, uh, of this happening uh, psychologically from all of us, you know, when it comes to washing hands and where we stand, how close we stand each other in line and at restaurants, there certainly will. Uh, that will exist and it will exist uh, potentially long term, but it will certainly exist in the in the month or two after this thing starts uh receding and of course that would be you know their football season
1: in a worst case I know this is impossible to completely answer but i suspect you like me have had some conversations with people where this has come up in a worst case where a season just is not feasible what does that mean for college athletics
3: yeah it's uh it's uh as one ad told me it, it would uh it would decimate. Um, a lot of college athletic departments because they obviously rely so much on um, on football to to run a lot of the other sports that people people don't understand. And, and um, yeah, this is something I was uh, I, I tweeted about yesterday. Um, some numbers, but, but people don't get that most sports in, in college athletic departments lose money, and uh, usually the only ones that make money are men's basketball and football and Usually, football makes an incredibly lot more than than any than men's basketball, and it makes. Um, I mean, it, it, you can just look at some of the numbers. Um, i you know, like
1: you tweeted it, this about LSU, uh, in, yeah, right? In, in 2016, I guess it was 2016-17 cycle. So this isn't mm-hmm. you know this isn't even LSU's most profitable year. Uh, right. You know, football made 56 million dollars and change men's basketball made 1.6 million baseball uh made some money but i mean it was less than a million dollars and everything else was was in the red
3: yeah yeah it's it, and that's probably to the extreme but i think there's probably 30 to 40 schools out there uh, the top you know top power five schools that they're similar numbers statistically and, and those are obviously the big schools and the ones that have a lot of autonomy, obviously the power five and the voting and all that stuff. So that's how a lot of them are and, and yeah it's those the, uh, like like you said, you know L- that year lsu football profited uh 56 million dollars and all other sports i think lost around 23 million uh dollars combined it, it's just uh it's crazy so when when you start factoring that in and in uh, looking down the road here um it, it's going to be uh it's going to be a struggle I- at, at a lot of places, and uh, t- to make ends meet, you know, I've had I've had ads tell me, you know, can we get some? Maybe we'll we'll get a loan, take a loan out, you know. Maybe we'll we'll get federal state help. Uh, you know, when you're paying your coaches. 4 or $5, 6000000 million, dollars, it's, it's hard to ask for. And that, that's a, a whole other part of this is when do, do coaches, uh, like we're seeing executives in other businesses, when do coaches take pay cuts and things like that? Do you have that going on? So, um, yeah, if you, if you don't have football, even if you have a lesser version of it um, and you don't make, you know, but fifty percent or so of what you normally would on football—that um, is a significant hit. You know, we made—I think a lot of people made a big deal out of the NCAA revenue distribution. Man, I, I mean, that was nothing. I mean, I, most schools are going to just easily overcome that. It was—it was around a million dollars, you know, and yeah. for 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 you know the vast majority of schools, you know, 60 80 schools in the nation, that's like one percent. Uh, less than maybe even one percent of their budget uh but but football uh <laughs> it's significant most ADs will tell you it's 80 to 85 percent of their revenue
1: what's life been like in DC in the last two weeks or so how's it been different I know you haven't been there a long time but obviously I would think just the every day has changed quite a bit
3: yeah it is you know trying to uh, uh we live right in the city it's been interesting you know the, the Uh, We just here actually today, I think it starts is our shelter at home. So we haven't had that now. Over the last couple of weeks, all of all businesses, all non-essential businesses have been closed. So basically, all, all, mainly pharmacy and restaurants doing takeout, and hospitals open. But but we've been able to go outside and bike and walk. And, and today starts the shelter at home, so it'll be interesting to see how foot traffic out of my window here changes. And and I've rode my bike a couple of times and walked to the park and stuff. Um, but it's been weird. It, it's uh, certainly you get that cabin fever.
1: You're there in a city that has a lot of pro, pro sports. The Nationals are the defending World Series champs. They would have had their ring ceremony and all that stuff by now. The uh, the, the Redskins, the draft is coming up. And you've got the, the Capitals and the, and the Wizards and all that stuff. Do you get any sense just – in the city, or from your colleagues that that maybe don't cover college sports but cover the pro stuff, is there any optimism left about some of those seasons, especially the you know Major League Baseball, the NBA, some of those seasons resuming?
3: Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, I haven't even kept up with it as much as I probably should be in being right in the middle of the city. But I I know that. Um, there's so there does seem to be some confidence on the NFL side i saw a couple quotes yesterday on we're on track to start on time everything we're seeing we're going to start on time i just i don't know I, I have i still have a hard time believing that that's going to happen um in you know major league baseball Talking about hey a month six weeks out whatever um, we're gonna start maybe and you know it's just hard to see any of this stuff happening right now um, they're talking about the you know the curve and the virus flattening and then receding starting in the next four to six weeks um, so we still have a long way to go before before that starts to happen and and um, it's just tough right now to see to see all these things starting on time and us having stadiums full of people but um, it certainly um, would help for morale and it would help uh, the economy if we could get it going.
1: That's my last question. Just gut feeling not holding you to it. Just curious what, what is kind of your gut feeling about what September will look like?
3: Oh, <sighs> Well, I, I, most ADs, do. They're pretty optimistic, you know. They really are. They, they're uh, even off the record. I mean, they're 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 pretty optimistic, which tells you that they, they are speaking the truth. They 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 do think there's going to be a season. Um, I just I have I have a feeling it, it might be pushed back a little bit. But honestly, if I was a betting man right now, I'd I'd say we are going to have some kind of season. Um, I just I just have no idea when it's going to start.
1: Ross, as always, man, thanks so much for the time. Great talking to you. Big fan of your work. And uh, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Thanks, Neil. You too. All right. Bye.
2: Thanks to Ross for giving us a little bit of time. Uh, yesterday, Running this morning, but whatever. Either way, thanks for uh, his time with that. The podcast brought to you in part by Tyson Drugs and GNM Pharmacy. 662-236-2222 is the phone number to uh, give them a call. They deliver locally in the Oxford area to your home or workplace so they can take care of you during this uh, trying time. And also with MedSync, they'll fill everything on the same day each month to take care of you and try to uh, minimize exposures and the like. So appreciate uh them. And again,
1: 662 236 We're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. Clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. Pinnacle Trust investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research not emotions so regardless of your level of wealth pinnacle trust will sit down with you listen to your goals study your expenses and put forth a comprehensive detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you uh it's pentrust.com, p-i-n-n-trust.com mention that you heard about pinnacle trust on the podcast to get 10 percent off your first year's fee and we're brought to you by john edwards of regency travel incorporated in memphis i know nobody's traveling now everybody is uh Staying at home, sheltering in place, whatever the difference is that Chase is going to tell me about in a minute. We're all doing one of those things. So eventually, when that's over, we're going to want to get the hell away from our homes, our towns. We're going to want a break. We're going to want a vacation. John can help you. He can make it one that uh, you will always remember. It creates a lifetime of unique memories. What you do is you give him a call. Just give him some parameters, give him a budget. He's going to give you options, 901-494-3387, or send him an email, Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast.
2: So... um I'm trying to say I'm trying to get my thoughts in order a little bit. Sorry. Uh yesterday Tate Reeves did issue a um, a statewide it's it's really more of a stay at home order than a shelter in place order. These people are using these two terms interchangeably and they're What's really, the difference? Well, shelter in place is much stricter. I mean what, what, what has been what has been done here is essentially or what has been done statewide with the stay at home is essentially what Oxford already had in place. And we'll find out a little more. I, I I talked to Oxford Mayor Robin Tannehill this morning and said there's a there's a board meeting at ten o'clock this morning which is live stream so i'm sure you can find a replay if you're listening to this podcast after that but um they're going to define um kind of what exactly non-essential businesses means a little more clearly than maybe it had been to this point um
1: leaving liquor stores alone right or do <laughs> i need to do i need to make my stock up run i i think you're okay with the liquor stores um hold on. <laughs> i do have kind of a running list of if i have to make an order thinking i'm stuck here for two months I've got an idea of what my order looks like.
2: Well, last time we talked about this, you told me you thought it was about
1: two grand worth of material. I think I can get it under that, but I will be stocked if that comes to that.
2: So the big thing is, and as we've known, is, hey, just leave home for errands that are essential and things that you need. Don't just go out gallivanting around the community. It's really the, the, the main goal of this. Um... Also, it's worth noting that locally they have the ability to put in stronger orders than are currently in place from a statewide standpoint. So if they want to make things stricter this morning, they can. They're fully within their rights to, uh, to do so. Um, I think it's also worth noting that um, this executive order says that all evictions are suspended. Um, locally, they don't have the, the the ability to do that, even though it's been kind of a talk on social media and things. Look, mortgages are still due, rent right. still due, all that kind of stuff. But from a statewide level, they have suspended evictions because of uh, because of this. And then the uh, the graphic that they put out yesterday said that um looking for anything that was kind of relevant here it said uh obviously individuals are stay at home except for the limited allowances in the order when outside their homes must follow social distancing guidelines um social and other non-essential essential gatherings and groups of more than 10 people must be canceled or rescheduled um restaurants can still do as they were they can still do delivery they can still do curbside service and the, and the like um As said by by Robin, people may leave their homes only to perform essential activities such as caring for someone in in a vulnerable population, getting food or necessary supplies, and working for an essential business. Individual outdoor recreation is encouraged, but not group recreation such as basketball or soccer. Um, There's also a stipulation in there if you've been going out, trying to get some air around town, walking trails still open, uh, at least statewide. I don't know what Robin's going to do. I don't know what the board's going to do, but from a statewide level, the parks are closed. The walking trails are open is what they've done to this point so
1: well you can't go play five on five basketball
2: no um can you go shoot hoops by yourself
1: i think they have i don't think so
2: yeah i don't either i was just i mean so. that, that, I, I think I, you, if
1: you want to shoot hoops by yourself put better a have hoop, a goal in your yard put a hoop in your driveway yeah i will say that there were some of the neighborhood kids that the other day were out playing and they were wearing jerseys i saw a uh, I saw a Terrence Davis Raptors jersey. I saw a Russell Westbrook Thunder jersey. Might give you an idea who was wearing that one. <laughs> I saw uh, I saw a bunch of jerseys, and it was quickly evolving into a game that was probably too big. But they were kids, so I don't know.
2: $100 fines, misdemeanors, Mr. McGrady, Start I mean, doling them out.
1: But, you know, you felt bad. Like, hey, you guys probably don't need to be doing that. But You let it go. I did that day. Talked about it. You I seem just, to have a little remorse now as as time has gone on. A little. I don't know. You know. Beats me. I don't know what this is. look, we we are all in I you know. <laughs> he was in a better mood after that.
2: Okay. Everybody's doing the best they can right now. Just 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 just. Yeah, I called on my there.
1: parents last night. It was really the only thing we talked about. And I got off the phone and the kids were like, I do not want to talk about that. Do not want to talk about that. I get it. I understand. Yeah, I just, I don't know.
2: Uh, Yeah, no, Eddie Ed, O, see, I've got it up here from the advocate. Um, OC football coach Ed Orgeron has filed for divorce from his wife, Kelly. Orgeron filed the divorce petition February 26th in East Baton Rouge Parish Family Court, stating he and his wife separated February 24th, so prior to the pandemic. I know, in, in all honesty, who's getting divorced in the middle of the pandemic? Right. Um, Quote, and have lived separate and apart without reconciliation since that date. The petition is titled, quote, in the interest of the marriage of EO and KO, their full names are used in the filing. They were married in 1997, um, have twins that were born in 98. Orgeron states that he's entitled to have the exclusive use and occupancy of the former matrimonial domicile in Baton Rouge. He has no objection to Kelly being granted exclusive use and occupancy of a home in Mandeville until such time as the community property is settled either by conventional agreement or judicial partition. The Orgeron family cannot be reached for comment on Wednesday. Well,
1: that's sad. Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean I'm not there's no there's no joke to be had here at all.
1: No. Um The answer on to your question though, and I've read this in a lot of places. What is my question? Well you were saying that about who who uh who divorces during a pandemic. Yeah. I think on the end of this pandemic. Yeah, I get that. I'm I, saying I, like I, literally
2: I, the functionality I, of right now doesn't make a ton I, of sense.
1: I think divorce attorneys are going to be really busy. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I I agree with that completely. I, I just meant literally yeah. in this moment. That yeah. would seem to be good in the forest and the trees a little confused at yeah. the moment. But yeah. you know, hey. You know. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll get a little better idea of exactly what essential businesses is here at here at ten o'clock. Um my gut and I really hate to even say much because I could be completely wrong and people aren't gonna go watch the stream, they're just gonna go, well, Chase said this. Uh, No, that'll never happen. Never happen. I'm assuming a lot of non, a lot of retail that is non-food related gets cut. Is my guess. Not liquor. Not liquor. I I, (laughs) I mean, like I told you, in all honesty, there is a certain public. I know everybody makes fun of it, and I and I get on the surface why you make fun of it, but people with alcoholism. They're right. going to go through withdrawals. They're going to need hospital areas. There's going to be medical and attention. Now's not the time. No, there is a certain pragmatic use and, to. And this. I'm
1: joking. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I would not have the shakes. It. it well, you have, look. I mean, let's. Be it is for me a nice coping. We're kind mechanism. of joking here, but you've got enough alcohol to
2: last you three months. Yeah. Yeah. If you ha- I mean I really, mean, if it got bunkered down. Yeah. It was like somebody goes, to go, "Hey, if it closed, what would you do?" I'm like, "Well, hey, I don't drink much anyway." And B. Have you seen the cabinet? Like, I'll be all right for a while. I'll be okay, yeah. I mean, I'm
1: kind of joking about it a little bit. I just, uh, I don't know. Strange time. Here's what's interesting. Sure. And not to get, and and let me be very careful here. I'm not criticizing anything to do with organized religion at all. None, zero. But now's not the time to have the the congregation full. Like, you know, the church that you and I both go to, Eddie Rester's our, our minister and... They're streaming services. You can still watch. You can still get the service. I think they were providing a way for people to get a palm for Palm Sunday. Yep. And I get that people miss church. Sure. I understand that. 1,000%. But now is not the time to fill up the services. It's not. It's not the time. This is not the time. I think we've. You, this now's not the time for large groups. Like the Florida Governor DeSantis, what, what are you doing, man? Lead, yeah,
2: yeah. No, I mean, look, everybody's just doing the best they can. There's no doubt that the the lack of of congregating in church is a, is a difficult thing mentally for a large number of people. Um, I feel like. You and, I, you and I are members of the same church. I feel like they've gone about it the best they can. Everything's online on Sundays. You get two different service options. You get a contemporary service option. You get a traditional service option. And they're going to do the best they can with Easter. And that's all you yeah. can do. And, and, and that's you, all you, you can do. You make the best decision, and you go with, with, with it as, as is. And in many ways, that's what we're all trying to I do with do a wonder, lot of things. I mean, maybe I'm giving something for somebody else. I, I think this would be a really good news story. I'm curious because people aren't actually sitting there when the offering happens how much donations are up or down because you can still do it online Um, you can still do different things but i wonder what probably down i wonder what ties change with 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 this situation i'd be really curious about
1: that probably down plus unemployment's up people are scared you know i do think sports aside for a minute because we get a lot of sports questions the encouraging thing that I took from the interview on the Calkin Show yesterday, do you think schools are going to reopen in the fall? I don't think they're reopening this calendar. I mean, this this, this academic, academic year. year. Yeah, yeah. But I do think they're going to reopen in the fall. I think we're going to have to be a little – I don't think the schools that are real strict about absentees and stuff, I think they're going to have to chill. I think there might be some periods where they're – are some kids who are online only for a little while because they got exposed to something. I I, I do think it's going to be different. But I think colleges are going to open in the fall. I didn't think that a week ago. I do now. People say, what about sports? I don't know. What about large gatherings? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do think there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I was talking to someone yesterday who, not in sports at all, has seen probably some information that's being shared that maybe isn't being publicly shared, who agreed with the attorney for my brother's company that there is some light at the end of the tunnel in the middle of June. Significant light, real light, where I think we're going to be able to resume some, quote, normalcy, end quote, with the exception of people who are at risk. They're going to have to... Be cool. Yeah, I listened to
2: that thing yesterday. I didn't I didn't sense some huge negative no. answer from that. It was fine. It was it was fine. It was it was a lot that we know. You like a doctor saying it. Um and the best thing about him, and it's frankly what I liked about it the most, because we're not getting this in a lot of different areas, even from medical professionals, there's a lot of I don't know. We don't know yet. Give me forty five days and let's figure it out.
1: You People who heard Ross have already heard this a little bit. I talked to a Big Ten coach yesterday who was like, hey, what are you hearing? And I'm like, I don't know. And we're all kind of just hearing stuff. And he said, they're kind of bracing up there in the Big Ten for starting camp, and camp's the wrong word, starting a ramp up to something that would have been a camp in the past. Like I think the traditional fall camp that we're used to covering is kind of out. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be more of a, of a ramp up to something resembling a camp that's a preseason practice session. He kind of felt like the season would get played but he felt like it might be a three-week delay, that it might be the season starts the last week of September and then goes into December, and he's like, and I don't know what that would mean for bowls, and who knows. He said, you know, he did agree with me, and and, I, and Chris Landry said this too in, in a beer garden that you'll hear later today. The colleges are not going to be able to play without crowds. The optics aren't going to allow it. Mm-hmm. NFL might. MLB might. Uh, I think you're going to see an MLB announcement here pretty soon about a schedule plan that they have. Um, the colleges are not going to be able to do that. They they they're going to they're going to they're gonna have to at least be open to students. And they might leave it at that. That's what's going to be interesting. I think mean, it's going to be interesting. But you can't close the games that the kids that the student athletes play to the student bodies that they represent. That that's such a terrible optic that they're not going to do it, um, you know. And he made a made a comment. He was kind of right. He goes, "Look, for us at the end of the year, it's going to be really cold." Yeah. He goes, but because if we're all honest. honest, he goes, "If we're all honest with each other, the the August fall camps in a lot of places are borderline dangerous, and the early early September games in our part of the country." I mean, if we're all just being real for a minute, they're not exactly pleasant to sit through. We get a break here and there, but, like, you know, we've been to some games first week of September where it was an absolute inferno in the in the stands. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Look, if you if offer, it's if coming you offered, back at
2: all, everybody's going to yeah. be like, great. We'll, if you we'll, offered
1: yeah. me today, hey. The first, first game, September 24th. Ole Miss sure. opens with LSU and Baton Rouge September cool. done. Yeah whatever Check. yeah it's fine you know where if they say and i think this is likely i do i don't I'm not i am not breaking news here i think this is re this is real for all of these schools if they're going to close the schools the brick and mortar portion of the schools this summer bringing the student athletes in in july is not only optically weird it's practically impossible Right. Let's so you have players. Let's take Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. What percentage of the Ole Miss team during the academic year lives on campus? Freshmen and probably a few others, but yeah. not that, so thirty uh, yeah. percentish. Yeah, sure. So what do you do with the seventy percent that have places off campus? No, no, no. You can't go to those places. We're going to put you in. Okay, who's where? Who's staffing that? No, you can't go to the grocery store. Okay, well, how do we eat?
2: Well. But Johnson Commons isn't open or whatever it's called now. So So it's
1: a pain in the ass. So if you told me that they said, hey, so here's the deal. We're going to let you guys come to campus a few days before the general student population begins to report, and we'll have a month and a half. Most of the coaches say, hey, we need eight weeks, could get it done in six, getting ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Not gonna it's not gonna be what we've always had. That that is almost certainly not going to happen. But if if you gave them six weeks-ish, six to seven weeks, that would work. They could start in late September, it'd be all right. Maybe you put the games in the beginning on the end, maybe you push the conference championship games back, maybe you have to kill conference championship games. I don't know. They'll figure it out. Like the coach I was talking to said, He goes, Look, I've had to tell some of my colleagues who get, you know, a little pissy, something's better than nothing. Anything's, oh. anything's oh. better than a canceled season. We're all going to have to be flexible, unless there's some medical miracle that comes about, at which point, hell, we all celebrate. But if the doctors are right and the scientists are right, And this thing's going to go into the summer and that there's a second wave that potentially comes, there's going to have to be a lot of care taken and it's going to be it's going to be, you know, problematic and people are gonna have to be it's gonna be interesting.
2: We'll close here. Again, we'll do some college football games, some things tomorrow. Might do a mailbag. I don't know, we'll figure it out. Oh no, David Brandt's joining us tomorrow, right? Yeah. That's right. So we'll we'll play with David. He always has stories, we'll do something. Uh, just your guess. Yesterday, last couple of days, Wimbledon is canceled. The Open Championship is canceled. Um, British Open. Yeah, 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 right. Um, yeah, I got kind of off nerd there. Um, what do you think? What's the next sporting event that happens? Take out UFC or bull riding or any of that crap. Major sport. Ooh, what's the next one?
1: I'll answer your question. Sure. I'll, I'll first say that I'm I'm. I'm patiently going to wait until somewhere in the June 10 to June 15 period. Yeah. Major League Baseball is going to put out a 100-game schedule. Okay. Um, They're going to start around July the 1st. July the 4th is a Saturday. They want that weekend. They have to get going by that weekend or else they can't. Sure. They want to play 100 games. The players have signed off on doubleheaders. Uh, the, the MLB is much like the NCAA. They're going to be flexible um, with roster stuff and whatever. There is a problem with ma- – Major League Baseball is a problem because to play Major League Baseball, you also need some minor league baseball. Of course. And so –
2: There's a functionality to
1: that. How do you do necessary. that? I think they're still trying to figure that out. But June 10 to 15 is going to be a drop-dead date for announcing something for MLB, NBA – MLS, NHL, probably. NHL, and frankly, college football is going to have to announce something because yeah. there are logistics. Sure. You know, I mean, Penn State goes to Michigan. It's a 200-person travel party. There's stuff that has to be done. And if you're going to push that game back or whatever, you do have to kind of start announcing some of those things. You have to get – it's not a hey on Thursday. Hey, you know what? Let's play it. Um, answer your question – You made me bet today the next game that gets played of any significance in sports is something in the NFL in mid September without fans.
2: Okay. Um, I'm 50 50 on whether I want to say that exactly or baseball. I hadn't made my mind up yet. If you tell me baseball gets
1: played, I'm celebrating because I think that yeah, means a lot of stuff that's gets my point. played.
2: I think if again I said major sports, so I kind of sabotage my own answer. I think the next thing's a PGA Tour event. I think golf comes out with or without fans first.
1: You some, can do some sometime golf. in summer.
2: Yeah, sometime mid to late summer. There's something golf related because they're just kind of canceling on this little three to four week thing. They're kind of the whatever. British Open is
1: late July. The British mid-July.
2: Open, yeah, the British Open was going to be it's the last one now. So yeah,
1: July. Um.
2: That was the, alarming
1: when I saw that this morning. I was like,
2: wow. Yeah, they've been, that was a little quick. Um, that is
1: in Britain, and Britain's having some issues, yeah, right? Was, like like the English Premier League is clearly done.
2: I think it's going to be at Royal St. George's, if I've got that right. Maybe I'm wrong. Because um, they've got a little thing, they're supposed to go to St. Andrew's next year. For to make sure they're at St Andrews for the 150th anniversary of the British Open or the 150 play and whatever it is, um, and now it's hey what you know and I think they had this answer when when do you get these t- tournaments back on their rotation like where are you putting it what are you doing I again mean, yeah, they'll figure it out that's
1: down in the weeds but S- something we can talk about another day yeah but sure. something to people that want to have sports discussions this got mentioned to me twice yesterday and I think it was just brainstorming but it was interesting. If you're college football and there's the possibility of a canceled season or a half season or some sort of different season, there's a, you know the, the money is going to be a major topic, obviously. There's a possibility of something pretty drastic here that would require some contracts being broken and re- rewritten and stuff, but that would maybe give the networks something for the future that they want. Mm-hmm. Could the networks, and let's face this, Disney is huge in this deal. Disney and ESPN and ABC and everybody say to the college football people, all right, we'll float you some money, make it where you can keep paying your bills, sustain. In return, we redo these contracts now. We redo some of the grant and rights stuff now. Change it now. We go ahead and... We need more... We need more LSU-Penn State and less LSU-Southeastern Louisiana.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Y'all get me? We need more Texas-Washington and less Texas-Sam Houston. Yeah. Because you go going to make a show all these games... Give us the games the people want. Give us the games we can sell. And in return, we get that this isn't your fault. Not our fault. Not your fault. Life happened. We'll help each other.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: The equivalent of a stimulus package. A recovery package. Yeah, You're going to hurt. And a handful of you aren't going to be able to make it. Like ULM and Middle Tennessee and, you know. But for the, the
2: upper echelon, we'll take care of you. But we'll the Power
1: Five, we're going to take care of you, and down the road, you're going to take care. Of you're us. going to take care of us yeah. sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah,
1: Ole Miss, you're going to take that game you've got against Eastern Illinois, and you're not going to play it. Yeah, instead, you're going to play Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we need that 11 a.m. game. It it needs to have some umph to it. Yeah, and if that means you go four and eight instead of going six and six, well, that's your problem. Yeah. That's conceivable. Sure. I've heard a couple people say it yesterday, and it was interesting.
2: Yeah. Topic for tomorrow. We'll close the uh, the week with David and some, Let me uh, let some me tell you real quick
1: because I, yeah. I forgot to pay one bill. Uh, this yeah, podcast. We'll, I'll get to. You. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Never mind. Okay. Yeah,
2: we're all good. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with uh, with David and the like. Appreciate you on the stream. Appreciate Ross and uh, and Jeffrey. And we'll talk to you then.